In just a moment, I want to share with you um, a scripture from Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20 as we continue to walk through the Christmas story. So if you'd like to open your Bibles there or look it up on your device, you're welcome to. It will be on the screen. Before we actually do that, though, I do want to just um, say a word of thanks. I know a lot of you uh, attended um, the, um, I don't know what you actually were calling it, the soft opening of OHI, the blessing of the ministry, so to speak. And uh, Monty over here has um, purchased a house and is getting ready to do some pretty fantastic things with that for the community and has already started. And so there were a number of you that um, stopped out there and I heard there were prayers over every room and all kinds of good things. So we are continuing to ask that you would pray for that ministry and pray for Monty as he um, finds ways to reach out to the community on behalf of our Lord and Savior. So we appreciate all that is happening there and the obedience of Monty to listen to God and do something extraordinary, right? We're hoping. He's like, it isn't extraordinary. Yes, it is extraordinary. When someone obeys God, it is extraordinary, especially in this time. Let me read to you from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Let this part of the story sink in. I know many of you have heard this part of the story many times, but let it sink in. Hear it as if for the first time. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds went back to their fields. I'm sorry, I've skipped a verse. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. In my experience, there are very few things in life that are more exciting than the announcement of a birth. Am I right? Isn't it exciting just to hear that somebody who has struggled along the path of pregnancy has finally gotten to the place where they can get some peace after nine months of struggle? You can tell from my words that we've been pregnant five times. The very fact that I said we've been pregnant offends some of you women. I can tell you that right now. Because I've said that before, and I've, you weren't pregnant, she was pregnant, all you did is nothing. I don't know, there's something usually inserted there. But let me tell you, I think couples are pregnant together. Because even though Tori struggled, and even though she probably bore the brunt of most of the discomfort and the pain and the, dis, you know, and the inconvenience, I had to listen to her complain for nine months. I'm kidding. Actually, Tori didn't complain. She had pretty good pregnancies, actually. And 
The biggest thing was I had to tie your shoes partway through. How many of you men had to do that? How many of you griped about it? Don't do that, young men. Don't gripe about it. Just do it. Um, she made me clean the toilets because the smell of the toilet cleaner made her sick. For some reason, it still does. I'm not sure why. <laughs> but after nine months of struggling to be able to say to the world around you, the baby's here, you know, it, it has arrived. It, we're, we're good to go. Everything's going forward. What a wonderful thing to be able to celebrate. I, I love to hear about someone becoming parents, especially if it's their first child, because it brings back those memories of being in the delivery room and, and holding that baby for the very first time. And I thought after the first one that it would get easier and, and that the, the newness of it would kind of wear off and every single one was different enough that it was special the moment the baby came out. There was no roteness to it. There was no mundaneness that built. Even after four and, and as the fifth one came, it was just as exciting. Tori has a different word for it. But it was just as exciting as all the ones who came before because it's an incredible experience. But you have to be careful with how you announce the birth of babies these days, especially if you're not the parents. If you are grandparents or cousins or uncles, you dare not announce too quickly. You dare not put it on social media before the parents do. I learned that lesson the hard way. Have any of you done that? Don't do that. The parents want to be the first ones to tell. And if you don't tell the right people in the right order as parents, then there is the potential for offense. Because we're all on the guard about offending people these days, right? I think it would be better if we just stopped being so offended and life would be far easier, amen? I know half of you will say amen to that. The other half are offended that I even brought that up. <laughs> I think we should just live our lives. But what do I know? I'm a grumpy old man, unfamiliar with the nuances of political correctness and all of that, right? As soon as you figure out what is politically correct in our world, someone changes the rules. And I think they do it just because they want to maintain some semblance of control. Let me tell you, let's just stop being offended and love each other and give each other the benefit of the doubt. One of the things that I, I love about, loved about being in ministry when I was first in ministry is I didn't know when I should be offended. People were doing things to offend me and I didn't notice. That's a wonderfully blissful place to live, let me tell you. I'm trying to get back to that today. So if you're trying to offend me, you may have to tell me that you're trying to offend me. I might not notice. But anyway, that's another sermon. Um, if you don't announce it the right way, it makes a difference. And who you announce the birth of a child to first matters, doesn't it? Because if you're the parents, if, if for instance, any of our children give birth to a grandchild, and, and if we're not the first one of the first ones to hear about it, then Mimi's going to have some questions for the parents, right? If we were to hear about it in the wrong way or at the wrong time or after everyone else, if, if we were to find out after Facebook found out, for instance, we would have some questions. We wouldn't be offended. We would just have questions. Jesus' birth announcement was probably the most important birth announcement of all time. And that is essentially what we read this morning, his birth announcement. Have you ever thought about it like that? The angel came to the shepherds and declared to the whole world, the shepherds first, that Jesus had been born. What was that announcement? Let's take a deeper look at the particulars for just a few moments. And if we're lucky, we'll get out a little early. 
What was the announcement, first and foremost? The announcement was simply this, that a Savior, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, had been born. Details are included, not the details that most of us want, not the details my wife always asks me for when somebody tells me first that a baby has been born. We don't have the weight. We don't have the length. We have the gender, and we have the name, so part of the details are included. In some of those details are where the baby was to be born and how they're to recognize him when they find him. And because of that inclusion, because the angel said, this is where you'll find the baby and this is what you should look for to know that it's him, there is not only information in this declaration, in this announcement, but there is an invitation in the announcement. Because by saying where the baby was and how they could recognize the baby, the angel is inviting them to what? Go find the baby, right? It would be like me announcing the birth of another child. That's not going to happen, by the way. But it would be like me saying, the child has been born and it's in room 304 at Battle Creek, Bronson, right? People would go, oh, he told us where they are. That means he wants a visit, right? And you would be wrong, probably. But There's an invitation that is inherent in the announcement because the angel told them, this is how you're going to find the child. That kind of announcement is an invitation to come, find the baby, and the shepherds took the hint, and they went off to find this baby that the Lord had told them about. Who made the announcement? An angel, with the help of other angels. Now, we don't know if the angels had the permission of the parents to share the news, since their families probably hadn't heard yet, But listen, God himself sent the angels, and so we assume it's okay. We don't read anything about Mary and Joseph being offended by the fact that the angels shared the news beforehand, maybe because God is sovereign and they were okay with his plan since it's always better than ours. Or maybe it was simply because they knew that God was actually the baby's what? Father. And so he had every right to tell whomever he wanted to that the baby had been born. Whatever the case, the announcement was made in the most dramatic fashion that I can think of. And in spite of the angel's encouragement, I'm sure that the shepherds were terrified. In fact, the scripture says so. Even though the angel said, don't be afraid, how do you not be afraid? The Bible says that the angel appeared among them. Listen, if you're sitting around the campfire listening for wild animals that are trying to ravage your sheep and suddenly there's somebody there that wasn't there a minute ago, are you going to be scared? Yes, because when you're in the darkness, the one thing you want is what I want when I'm walking from the house to the pole barn in the dark, and that is nothing exciting to happen, right? I want an uneventful, I don't want any surprises on my way to the pole barn. And nobody wants surprises in the middle of the night in the dark, but they sure got one. The way that the angel came declared that something special was about this birth. The, the, way, the, the announcement was made by angels who then sung a chorus for them. Let's talk about who the announcement was for. I mean, generally speaking, when we announce the birth of our children, they're targeted at certain people that we specifically want to know. And, and make no mistake about it, the announcement was for all of us. It was for us. It wasn't just for the shepherds. It was for all of us because I think God knew that this birth would be so important and the method that it was declared in would be so predominant that it would be recorded throughout the ages and passed down through generations and eventually find its way into the scriptures so that we would know how this happened. God knew that Jesus' life, including his birth, would be chronicled in his book. 
He knew that we would hear the words repeated over and over throughout the ages as the story of Jesus was told throughout the generations. There is no doubt that the message of the Messiah's birth is just as important to us as it was to the shepherds. And I would offer that the invitation that was offered to the shepherds to go and find him is also offered to us as well. Now, we're not going to find him in a manger, which, by the way, to them must have seemed strange. We think of a baby in a manger as a normal thing. Do you know what a manger is? It's a feeding trough. If you're not careful, when they said the baby will be in the manger, the shepherds might have said, let's get there quick before the cows eat them, right? Because that's what you put in a manger is food for the animals. Am I right? Some of you are looking at me like I'm weird. Some of you farmed, some of you didn't, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But listen, it was odd to them. A baby in a manger was not a normal thing. To us, it's commonplace because we've heard the story so much. But to them, it would have been odd. Um, we won't find him in a manger, but we can find him by simply inviting him to come and be a part of our lives. That's why, that is after all why Jesus came, so that we could know him. And by knowing him, come to know his heavenly father, our heavenly father, and once again have relationship with him. Who got to hear the message first? The shepherds, we've already said that. And I want to talk a little bit about the shepherds because a lot of the translations say lowly shepherds. And most of the songs say lowly shepherds. What do you think of when you hear the word lowly? A lot of commentators go out of their way to say the shepherds were the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. They were the worst of the worst. They were the grungiest. They were the stinkiest. I even read some commentaries that talk about how the shepherds must have smelled. Now, I've never been a shepherd but I've been around pigs, chickens, and horses, and I, I will agree that they sometimes smell. But to call these men smelly is presumptuous. To call them lowly is presumptuous. You know what I think they were? I think they were average. The shepherds were part of that economic system that was literally agricultural to them. And so they were not the lowest of the low. They were probably somewhere in the middle. They were the ones caring for the sheep that essentially equated to wealth back then. So that might make them bankers. <laughs> I don't know. They probably smelled worse than bankers. Or maybe not. I don't know where you put them, but listen, I want to say this. The shepherds did an important job. They sacrificed time with their families to be out with the sheep. They put their lives on the line protecting the sheep. To call them lowly just seems a little disrespectful, doesn't it? I think we should call them average because you know what? I believe God sent the message to the shepherds first because he wanted everyone to be able to get the message. He wanted to give it to honest people who worked hard, who made sacrifices to care for their flocks. They, they might have been the only people awake that late at night. We don't know. Um, why the shepherds? The angel could have gone anywhere that night. Why deliver the message to a bunch of guys on a hillside who are going to be terrified that you showed up? Why not Mary and Joseph's parents? I mean, yes, they were far away, but they're angels. They can fly. They could be anywhere they wanted. Why not declare the news to the parents, they would have definitely thanked the angels, I would imagine. Why not the rabbis? Why not go to the temple? Why not go to the synagogue? Why not go to the religious leaders of the day and say, hey, the Savior has been born, the Messiah that you've been watching for and waiting for has finally come. Why not the wealthy? I mean, they give better shower gifts than shepherds, right? 
Now, you might argue, well, the wise men did come, but we think that was some time later. They weren't necessarily the first ones to hear. Why not the wealthy? Why not the king? Well, the king's protected, but again, it's an angel. He can get anywhere he wants to go. Listen, God could have revealed this news to anyone, but he chose to make the announcement to the most average people he could find. The people he knew would be excited to hear the message. The people he knew would go and blab it to everyone that they met because it was the most exciting thing that had ever happened in their somewhat mundane lives, right? It would be the people, they would be the people who would spread the word, spread the good news. They were a group that understood how difficult it could be to care for those who could not care for themselves as Jesus would do as the shepherd of all Israel. Shepherds were invited to the good shepherd's birth. What could be more fitting? The shepherds were not just given information, as I said before. They were given time with the baby without others crowding around. They were the first ones to get there. Can you imagine? Now, we don't know. Mary and Joseph may have called for the innkeeper or something because they needed something, but as far as we can tell, the shepherds were the first ones on the scene to spend time with this new family. Is that not the honor of all honors? I don't know about you, but when Tori and I had kids, there was that first period of time where we really didn't want anybody around except for the people that we had invited to actually participate in the birth. And because my wife is very family-oriented, that was almost everybody in the family. There were times I had to shove people out of the way to get the video. Uh, only of her head, not the other parts. Holy cow. Some people take videos of births today and you just have to wonder, what are you thinking? Yeah. But we had a lot of people there, but they were only the people most special, special to us. Her mom and her dad were there, I think. For all five births, most of them, maybe not all of them. We lived far away, so they didn't make it to a couple of them. Tori decided not to wait. The point I'm trying to make in failing is that the first people to see the baby other than mom and dad should be people who are special. And God invited shepherds. And what does that mean? It means that they were special to God. They were special, maybe not to Mary yet, maybe not to Joseph, but to the father of the Messiah, the shepherds were special. And if that invitation is given to us throughout the centuries to come and find the baby wrapped in a manger, not just at Christmas time, but year round, to discover the Christ, to discover what he means and what he has to teach us about God, then that means that the invitation has been given to us because we are special as well. Every one of us is special. And God wants us to find his son. We're not the first ones to find him. But God wants each one of us to discover him for ourselves. Not just to hear the news about him, but to find the news for him. God gave the shepherds time with the baby. And love gives time. And God has given each one of us time to find him. All we have to do is look for him. I want to remind you that that announcement was not just for the shepherds. It was for all of us. It was an invitation to come and see him, to spend time with him, to spend your whole life with him and eternity with him as well. And as we remember the manger and the story of the birth, may we never forget that God offers us the gift of time with the Savior as well. Jesus is not waiting in a manger for us, but he waits for us to allow him to walk 
with us through life, through the good times and through the bad times. And as we walk with him, we are invited to tell everyone we know about the Savior's birth and the difference that his presence has made in our lives because that difference should be profound. If some of you that have children remember when your first child was born, I think we can all agree that the birth of a child into your family changed everything. Am I right? The birth of Jesus into your heart should change everything. All your priorities realigned. All your alliances rethought. Your life made pure. Your life made clean as you follow the Savior together. He is no longer that baby in the manger. Now he is the spirit that dwells within us. But he wants all the same for us to find him. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, the message today is simple. The angels announced your birth to those that you believed would spread the news the best. And that message has been passed down to us throughout the ages. And I believe that we bear that same responsibility to not only spend time with you and learn who you are, but to spread the good news that has been given to us about your birth to everyone that we meet. And not just the news of your birth, but the news of your life and the teachings that you gave us and your death on the cross of Calvary and the resurrection which we celebrate in just a few short months. We pray that we would never be ashamed and never be quiet about sharing the good news that you have been born and the great news that you lived among us and the fantastic news that you rose again from the dead to prove that we can have the gift of eternal life through you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.